Okay, our reading is from Joshua chapter 8, 30 through 35. Then Joshua built on Mount Ebal an altar to the Lord, the God of Israel, as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded the Israelites. He built it according to what is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of uncut stones on which no iron tool had been used. On it they offered to the Lord burnt offerings and sacrificed fellowship offerings. There, in the presence of the Israelites, Joshua copied on stones the law of Moses, which he had written. All Israel, aliens and citizens alike, with their elders, officials, and judges, were standing on both sides of the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, facing those who carried it, the priests who were Levites. Half of the people stood in front of Mount Gerizim and half of them in front of Mount Ebal, as Moses the servant of the Lord had formerly commanded when he gave instructions to bless the people of Israel. Afterward, Joshua read all the words of the law, the blessings and the curses, just as it is written in the book of the law. So our scripture describes a time when Israel renewed its covenant and its vows to the Lord. Now, speaking of vows, I heard of a groom who at his wedding rehearsal uh, said to the preacher, you know, uh, pastor, uh, I'd appreciate it then when we get to that part of the vows tomorrow, where it says I'm supposed to keep myself only to her as long as we both shall live. If you could just leave that part out, I'd appreciate it. And he handed the pastor $200, and the pastor took it. So the next day is a wedding. They come to that part of the ceremony where they exchange their vows. It was the groom's turn to say his vows, and the pastor looked at the groom and said, do you promise to love her in sickness and in health? To buy her whatever she wants? To obey her every wish? To serve her breakfast and bed every morning of your life? And will you swear eternally before God and your beautiful wife that you will never even look at another woman as long as you both shall live? The groom was shocked. He didn't know what to say, and so... He, just said the only thing he could, yes. And then he said under his breath to the pastor, I thought we had a deal. Pastor handed him back the $200 and said, she made me a better offer. (laughs) Now vows are not as silly or as unchangeable or as unserious as that story I just told you about. Vows are actually very serious things because the nature of a vow is this. In the presence of God, I swear to you and I promise you this thing, whatever the vow is, and then you're actually inviting God to judge you if you don't keep it. So in Joshua chapter 8, we read about a covenant renewal ceremony that took place after Israel defeated the city of Ai. They did this because while Moses was alive, he told them, when you cross the Jordan, I want you to renew your covenant with me. I want you to make an altar of uncut stones on Mount Ebal, 
cover it with plaster, and write into the soft plaster my law, probably the Ten Commandments. Now, those instructions from Moses appear in the book of Deuteronomy. So Deuteronomy chapter 27 is going to shed light on Joshua chapter uh, 8. So we're going to read 27 of Deuteronomy, verses 1 through 13 together. Ready? It's up on the screens. Moses and the elders of Israel commanded the people, keep all these commands that I give you today. When you have crossed the Jordan into the land the Lord your God is giving you, set up some large stones and coat them with plaster. Write on them all the words of this law when you have crossed over to enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, promised you. And when you have crossed the Jordan, set up these stones on Mount Ebal, as I commanded you today, and coat them with plaster. Build there an altar to the Lord your God, an altar of stones. Do not use any iron tool upon them. Build the altar to the Lord your God with field stones and offer burnt offerings on it to the Lord your God. Sacrifice fellowship offerings there, eating them and rejoicing in the presence of the Lord your God. And you shall write very clearly all the words of this law on these stones you have set up. Then Moses and the priests, who are Levites, said to all Israel, Be silent, O Israel, and listen. You have now become the people of the Lord your God. Obey the Lord your God and follow his commands and decrees that I give you today. On the same day, Moses commanded the people, when you have crossed the Jordan, these tribes shall stand on Mount Gerizim to bless the people. Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin. And these tribes shall stand on Mount Ebal to pronounce curses. Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, and Naphtali. So those words were spoken by Moses while he was still alive. And now Joshua is going to do what Moses said. After victory, after the victory at Ai, they come to a place in between two mountains. One mountain is Mount Gerizim, one mountain is Mount Ebal. Uh, they're about 3,000 feet in elevation. They rise about 1,000 feet above the plain. And in between these mountains is a natural amphitheater where voices just carry the, the entire distance. You can hear sounds from one end of the one mountain to the other side of the other mountain. There's a picture of it there. Today, in, in the Jesus' time, there's a, uh, a town there called Shechem. In fact, our team and our, our People in Israel right now, they're going to visit this place. So they'll um, be able to tell us what it was like to, to yell at each other across those mountains. But here's, here's what was happening. Joshua lined up the people. Half of them were on Mount Gerizim. That was the mountain of blessing. And then another half of them were on Mount Ebal. 
And uh, at the base of the mountain, they were to build an altar out of just raw stones. They couldn't use a tool to cut them because um, the altar wasn't supposed to be ornate. The focus was not the beauty of the altar, but, but the Lord. And they were to cover that altar in plaster and then to write in the plaster uh, the Ten Commandments. Now, the Ten Commandments, the law of God, is not an arbitrary set of rules. Rather, they reflect the nature and the holiness of God. And not only are they representative of God's holiness, but God has designed us and society to work best when we follow the law. We're like a fine-tuned car that comes with an owner's manual. If we follow the owner's manual, things go well. If we don't, then we and society start to have problems. But note that the altar was built on Mount Ebal, the mountain of curses, because cursed is everyone who doesn't follow the law. And so at the base of Mount Ebal is this altar. The Ten Commandments are written on it. People are looking at the altar and they're looking at the Ten Commandments written on it and they're realizing you shall have no other gods before me. I've put God first. Maybe I haven't. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy? Maybe I haven't. I've used the Lord's name in vain. I haven't been sexually pure. I've lied. I've stolen. I've coveted. And looking at the altar, they realize, I'm guilty of breaking the law. I deserve its curses. But the law was written on an altar where sacrifices of atonement would be offered. And so people were reminded that God atones for our failures to keep the law. And it pointed to Christ who took the punishment that we deserved for our sin, who was sacrificed for our sin. So whatever offense we had committed against God, Christ took that offense. And so there's no offense between us and God anymore. However, there are still blessings and curses associated with following or not following the law. God can forgive you. God can accept you. But if you break the law, there's curses that follow behind it. It's like if one of the laws was don't run a red light, and you run the red light, and first time nothing happens, and you think, ah, I can do this anytime I want. Eventually, there's going to be a curse that comes from that, right? You get a ticket, you're going to hit someone, or even worse. So now imagine the Israelites. In the middle of the amphitheater is the Ark of the Covenant. On Mount Gerizim is half of the people. On Mount Ebal are half of the people. And from Mount Gerizim, people are going to shout blessings across the other side to each other. And from Mount Ebal, people are going to shout curses. Because God wants to drive home. I want you to keep the law. So here's what we're going to do. Mount Gerizim is on this side, so you're going to be the Mount Gerizim people. You'll shout blessings. 
You're going to beat them out, e-ball people. You'll shout curses. So we're not going to do all the curses and blessings that are in Deuteronomy. We'll do a few. So go in and stand up. We'll stand up. So in the middle is the Ark of the Covenant and the priests. Okay, you're going to shout blessings towards the side of the sanctuary. Got it? And the blessings are up there. Ready? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious towards you. Blessed is the person who keeps the law. Okay, now you're going to pronounce curses to them. Ready? Cursed is the person who fails to keep all the law. Cursed is the person who worships an idol instead of the Lord. Cursed is the person who defrauds his brother. Okay, go ahead and sit down. So this is what they were doing. From one side of the mountain, blessings, and then curses, blessings, and then curses. Tastes great, less filling. You know, they just kept going back and forth. And so they renewed their covenant with the Lord, and they renewed their vows. Now, Matt said the covenant, like, like marriage is a covenant, right? That relationship is defined. There are promises or vows associated with it. And we have a covenant relationship with God. It's defined. God's our God. We are his people. And there are vows and promises associated with it. And so this morning, we are going to renew the vows that we commonly take in church. So one vow that we have taken is when we professed Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That happened when, if you were baptized as an adult, made a public profession of faith, or it happened at your confirmation where you publicly professed your faith in Christ. So here are the words you said in that vow. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. That defines the relationship. And then you made a promise. I will be Christ's faithful disciple until my life's end. If you're a member of this church, you made that vow. So if you ever made that vow in your life and you want to renew it, go ahead and stand. Okay, that's the vow. Take a look at it. Think about what you're promising. Now let's say it together. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I will be his faithful disciple until my life's end. Okay, go ahead and sit down. I figured, hey, it's daylight savings time. I'll keep people awake by having them stand up and sit down today. <laughs> now, there's another vow that's common in church, and those are baptismal vows, when we dedicate or baptize our children. And that, too, is a covenant. Parents uh, uh, dedicate their children to God. 
They take vows and say, I I promise to live a godly example before them. I promise to pray for them. I promise to raise them in the church. Uh, God promises to use all you do to bring your child to faith, and the church uh, is part of that covenant too, and they say, we'll help raise that child in the faith. So if you are a parent who dedicated or baptized your child and that child is still at home, so you're still raising them, go ahead and stand up. We're going to renew our baptismal vows. Okay. Parents are going to renew this vow. Take a look at it. So I'm going to ask you the questions you'll say, I do. Do you dedicate your child to God and promise to live a godly example before them? Say, I do. Do you commit to pray for and with your child and to teach them the scriptures and the truths of the faith? Do you promise to use every means provided by God, including faithful participation in the life of the church, to bring your child up in the ways of the Lord? Okay. You can sit down. Those are the vows we take to raise our children. And then the church assumed the vow, and they said, we're going to help you raise this child in your faith, in their faith, right? We're going to provide Christian education for them, and we're going to provide youth ministry for them, and we're going to uh, be kind to your kids, okay? So the congregation said yes to that vow. Another covenant we make in church is um, we do weddings in churches. And so marriage, too, is a a covenant relationship, and it has vows connected with it. And so um, if you want to renew your covenant vow with your spouse, go ahead and stand up. I'm going to tell Javi, come here. Okay, now uh, look at your spouse. And you'll, you'll repeat after me. Okay? You'll repeat after me. If, if your spouse is traveling, picture him or her. Okay, I, and then stay your name. I stand. Okay. Renew my vow to be your wedded husband. To have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish as long as we both shall live. Okay, ladies, it's your turn. Okay, I, and then say your name. Renew my vow to be your wedded wife. To have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish as long as we both shall live. Okay, you can kiss them if you want. 
There's another vow we take. Every time we join the church, we take vows. And we have a, a class of new members joining our church. There's 21 in this class. Um, they've come in during all services, but we have some coming in at this service. And um, I'm going to call them forward. So come on forward if you're joining the church. Craig and Michelle. Is Leslie here? Craig and Michelle, you're it? Okay. I know the wind's called in sick, and Leslie will get Leslie some other time. Right. So, I'm going to ask you the vows. You'll answer I do to them. And then you, the members, be mindful. I took these vows at one time, too. And so we're, in a way, renewing them. Okay, Craig and Michelle. Do you acknowledge yourselves to be sinners in the sight of God and without hope for your, for your salvation except in his sovereign mercy? I do. Do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Son of God and the Savior of sinners, and do you receive and depend upon him alone for your salvation as he is offered in the gospel? Do you now promise and resolve in humble reliance upon the grace of the Holy Spirit that you will endeavor to live as becomes the followers of Christ? Do you promise to serve Christ and his church by supporting and participating with this congregation in its service of God and its ministry to others to the best of your ability? And do you voluntarily come under the spiritual care of the elders and pastors and do you promise to promote the unity and purity and peace of the church? Okay, let me pray for you. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that you brought Craig and Michelle to Eastminster and Wichita. Thank you, Lord. You, you called them here and you confirmed to them that this is where you wanted them to grow in you and to serve you. And now, Lord, we pray that we would be faithful as a church in this sacred trust because you've entrusted them to our care and our discipleship. And Lord, we pray that you would deepen their relationship with you, that they would know you more, serve you with greater love. Pray that they may taste deeply of your grace. And I pray for our church that we would love them well and, and disciple them well. So, Lord, we speak your blessing upon them and pray that your Holy Spirit would fill them to the full. And we pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, there's a vow the congregation takes. Do you receive Craig and Michelle as part of the church family, and do you offer them your uh, welcome and your fellowship? Raise your right hand. Well, welcome to the family. Craig, yes. Every time you hear those vows in church, it's an opportunity for you to renew them. Now we have deacon and elder vows. We're not going to do those this morning because um, you want to not take another 20 minutes. But uh, there is one other thing that Moses asked Joshua to do. It appears in Deuteronomy chapter 27, verse 7. 
God said, you are to sacrifice fellowship offerings there and eating them and rejoicing in the presence of the Lord your God. So what were fellowship offerings? Well, you brought your animal, goat, cow, bull, sheep, and you brought it to the priest. The priest would kill it, and he would barbecue it for you on the altar. If it was a sacrifice of atonement, and this one wasn't, the whole animal is consumed by the fire on the altar. That makes sense, right? It's a sacrifice of atonement. It's consumed. The fellowship offering isn't consumed. It's cooked, and then it's given back to you. And you were to eat that within sight of the altar. You were to invite your friends and your family to join in that meal with you, And by eating in sight of the altar, you are saying, the Lord is part of our celebration here. And we're going to rejoice in him and enjoy his fellowship. And you did this with people uh, that you loved. So that was a fellowship offering. And Moses commanded Joshua, hey, tell the people to offer fellowship offerings and rejoice before the Lord. So there's one more thing I want you to do this morning. And that is, sometime before Easter, I want you to get together with someone else from the church. Have dinner, have lunch, get together. And at some point in that day or evening, I want you to raise your glasses and say, we rejoice in the Lord. We rejoice in the Lord. Can you say that? We rejoice in the Lord. Let's say it again. We rejoice in the Lord. And indeed, we do. Because we are His. And that's worth rejoicing about. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, you are ours. You love us. You pursued us. You revealed to us the gospel. You forgive us. You put aside any offense. You are for us. You are with us. We rejoice in all of this. Father, we renew our vows to you. We set again our heart on being your disciple and following you. We set our heart on raising our children to know you. We renew our love and our commitment to our spouses and ask you to deepen our love for them. We renew our our vows to be the people of God in this place. And so, Lord, we we pursue peace and unity and purity. And, Lord, um, we're going to take an offering now. That, too, is part of our vow. We said that we would support the church and its ministry. 
whether that ministry is to you in worship or whether that ministry is taking your gospel to the ends of the earth. So, Lord, we, we fulfill that vow too. Bless this offering. In Jesus' name, amen.